Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Rich Eisen. He is one of the all-time. Rich Eisen. Absolute friggin' greats. This is the Rich Eisen Show. I don't see no competition. With guest host Ben Lyons. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. Hey, Rich. Huge fan. Love your show. Listen to it every day. Thanks, brother. The Rich Eisen Show. And now... Sitting in for Rich, here's Ben Lyons. Welcome, everyone, to the Rich Eisen Show. Ben Lyons filling in for Rich on a Friday, July the 16th, 2021. We appreciate you taking some time, especially during the busy summer months, to hang out with us and talk about everything going on in the sports world. The Open Championship underway across the pond. Talk a little golf later on in the show. we got a big basketball show, though, today, of course. NBA Finals underway. Olympics around the corner. George Sedano from ESPN covers the NBA. Wears more turtlenecks than Dwayne Wade. He's going to join the show later today. As will Steve Novak. Once a Nick, always a Nick. The sharpshooter, the pride of Wisconsin. Played for the Bucks as a radio analyst for the Bucks. We'll check in with Novak. Discount double check a little bit later on in the show. Very excited to introduce you guys to a friend of mine. His name is Riley Welch. And he played for the University of Kentucky men's basketball team this year under coach John Calipari. Riley, the son of one of the great NBA assistant coaches, John Welch, Johnny Workout, who's been in the league for about 18 years. His son, Riley, a great young man at the University of Kentucky, just uh, a graduating senior. So we're going to talk about all the new name, image, and likeness rules uh, to one of the kids that it impacts directly. Riley Welch from the University of Men's. Uh, basketball team at Kentucky, University of Kentucky team. And then 11 o'clock here on the West Coast, 2 o'clock on the East, Madeline Burke. She covers the New York Giants. She's on Sports Illustrated's uh, digital content stuff. She's incredible. Madeline Burke will give us some updates on Saquon and the state of the New York football Giants. I want to take a quick moment, show some love, of course, to Rich Eisen, who you saw on his social media platforms, announced that he was diagnosed with COVID-19. I spoke with Rich the other day, and he's feeling okay. He's getting better. He's getting strong. He was vaccinated and he reminded us on his on his social media that we are not through this pandemic and that just because you are vaccinated, it doesn't mean that you are entirely uh, immune from catching COVID-19. So Rich is doing okay. Uh, This was scheduled for me to fill in for two weeks before he contracted the virus. Um, And now he's taking the time to get some rest and to get healthy and we're thinking about you today, Rich. Sending you a lot of love. Ben Lyons filling in for Rich on the Rich Eisen Show. Saw today that Adrian Wojnarowski tweeting that Kevin Love is withdrawing from Team USA, the men's basketball crew that's heading over to Tokyo to defend their gold medal. Kevin Love, the latest Olympian to withdraw from Tokyo. Woj tweeting out that Kevin Love will be saying, uh, saying it will be withdrawing from Team USA and won't travel to Tokyo. Love is still returning to full form from a right calf injury that kept him out a significant part of the NBA season. Now, there was a lot of controversy first when Kevin Love was named to the Olympic team, which 
I didn't personally understand. Kevin Love has dedicated himself to Team USA basketball for many years now. He's competed in the Olympics at a high level. He can, he's a, a, a stretch four now at this stage in his career. He can shoot the three, uh, which you need to do in Olympic basketball. He can represent the, com- the country with, uh, with pride. And, and uh, you know, as he says, in the second half of his career, I thought it was a, a great move for him to want to commit himself to USA basketball because, uh, you know, these guys who, who dedicate themselves to playing in the NBA, they also dedicate themselves to the game, and they realize that representing their country, representing uh, Team USA, it means so much just to the game of basketball around the world and also is an opportunity to showcase their skills on the international stage. Kevin Love, who might be looking for a change of scenery, out in Cleveland on the back nine of his career. Well, if he had gone out to Tokyo and played well and stayed healthy, maybe he showed to to some teams that he still got something left in the tank. Um, As as rosters start to shake out, I was on the phone yesterday with Chris Brockman, of course, from the Rich Eisen show and going to be hanging out with those guys next week when we're back on Peacock and Brockman and I were talking about how I wait a minute. August 1st is the new July 1st. We are in the in the heart of free agency rumors, trade rumors. We'll get to some of the Dame Lillard stuff a little bit later on in the show when we've got George Sedano checking in. But this is that time of year uh, when teams are making moves and they're seeing what's happening in the NBA Finals. Game five, of course, tomorrow night. Winner of game five probably wins the series. I think we all agree on that. And teams are reacting and they're making roster adjustments. So, you know, committing to Team USA and playing at that high level, it's um, it's a real commitment and it means a lot to the guys. You know, this is not something Kevin Love just said, oh, willy-nilly, oh, maybe I'll go do USA basketball this year and eh, if I don't do it, I got to work on my game and I'll just do it back in Cleveland. No, 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 this, this means a lot to these guys. You know, I'm sure Bradley Beal, who has not had a chance to compete on the Olympic stage, is devastated by the news that, that he won't be able to join the team in Tokyo. I would imagine Bradley Beal, who has had very little playoff success in Washington for a variety of reasons, was very much looking forward to competing at a high level in games that matter with high-stakes pressure. I mean, he's, the guy was in the scoring race this year with Steph Curry. He's no longer going to be a part of Team USA. So it's very disappointing for these guys. I don't want fans to sit here and think, oh, yeah, Kevin Love, he'll just go and – do his Ralph Lauren model thing or his Nike thing or, oh, whatever, he's fine. No, this is, this is a big deal for these guys um, that they're no longer going to be a part of Team USA. But it affords Team USA an opportunity. It's an opportunity to get this team back on track because we've seen them come out in two out of these three exhibition games pretty flat. And after losses to Nigeria and Australia, they were able to put in the work against Argentina. It's less about the outcome and the scores And it's more just about the fact that they just look out of sync. They don't have the cohesion that you would want to see out of them. And it's a different approach than the women take. You know, the women's team, they played in the WNBA All-Star game as a unit. Uh, They've been going on sort of a barnstorming tour the last two years. And that adds to the the chemistry and to the cohesion of the group. And we saw that that's something that's that's, um, been troublesome for this latest edition of Team USA Basketball. And then... Factor in that Devin Booker, Chris Middleton, and Drew Holiday aren't even on the team right now. I I jokingly tweeted out to a filmmaker who was on our show earlier in the week, Jared Christopher, who does a great series for Paramount Plus called Texas Six about six-man football out in the small 
towns in Texas where they don't have enough kids to put on a full football team. Well, that's Team USA. Maybe Tokyo Six was starring the men's basketball crew because right now, with Bradley Beal and Kevin Love out of the mix, they only have six guys over there. So lots of names being thrown around here in the United States about who could possibly join Team USA. I'm keeping tabs on the status of Julius Randle, who had a career year, second-team All-NBA, an All-Star, was the leading scorer for the Knicks, led the league in minutes, I believe. Julius Randle, I see his name trending on Twitter. He's somebody that Team USA is probably taking a look at and seeing if they can add him to the roster. There's talks about a playmaker, Trey Young, who had a very funny tweet about it last night, Trey Young possibly in the mix. I don't know what the status is of Steph Curry, if Steph Curry could possibly join Team USA. Correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think Steph Curry has a gold medal. He hasn't had a chance to compete on the Olympic stage due to injury. And I think that's something that's missing from his resume, along with the finals MVP. I'd love to see Steph Curry in the Olympics. Ben Lyons filling in for Rich on the Rich Eisen Show. As always, you can hit us up at Rich Eisen Show on Twitter, at I am Ben Lyons on Twitter. Who should Team USA select to replace Bradley Beal and Kevin Love? Well, I have an idea. I was thinking about it on the drive down to the Rich Eisen Studios today. I have an idea for who Team USA could select to replace Kevin Love. At forward, at 6'8 from Syracuse, number seven, Carmelo. That's right. My favorite basketball player of all time. Yes, I'm biased. Okay, let's get that out of the way. But Carmelo is first in games played in Team USA men's basketball history. 31. He leads USA men's basketball history in scoring with 336 points. Field goals made. He's the all-time leading rebounder for Team USA. I get chills just when I hear his name introduced. Art is on the board Raiders fan arts, the way you love Derek Carr, well, times 10 is my love for Carmelo Anthony. Here's who Team USA should add to their roster. Run it back, Art, one more time. At forward, at 6-8 from Syracuse, number 7, Carmelo Anthony. Holds the all-time scoring record in a single Olympic game, 37 points against Nigeria in 2012. I think he did it in like 14 minutes as well. Don't forget, Team USA just lost to Nigeria. So go get the guy who gave Nigeria 37. Add him to the roster. Obviously, uh, I'm having fun with this, and there are some other players that Team USA is looking at. But the reason why I I genuinely think Melo would be a good addition to this roster. And it's not necessarily for what he can do on the floor. He'll pick his spots. He'll be Olympic Melo if they were to add him and he'll make some shots. But I think it's a reminder to the current group and to whomever else they add of just the weight of this moment and how much it means to the basketball community around the world to the history of USA basketball, to the players that have come before those that put on the red, white, and blue to go across the world and play basketball. This was after the 2016 gold medal game, Melo's third Olympic gold. 
He trails Lisa Leslie by one. That's selfishly why I want to see Mello back on this Olympic team because Lisa Leslie's got four golds. Mello and the crew blew it in Athens in 04. I'd like to see him get that fourth. But this was Mello doing an interview with our friend Roz Gold on Wude for NBC after the gold medal game in Rio in 2016. I'm committed to this. Hey, 04. I've seen the worst and I've seen the best. And I stuck with it. We stuck with it. Um, and I'm here today, three gold medals later. I, I'm just, I'm, exci- I'm excited for me, but also for the other guys who've never experienced anything like this. Coach K, myself, Jerry Colangelo, um, and everybody else who's, who's been a part of this situation, who's been a part of USAB for since I've been here. I just want to say thank you for allowing me to be one of the leaders, not of just our team, but of our country. Despite everything that's going on right now in our country, we got to be united. And I'm glad I did what I did. I stepped up to the challenge. But this is what it's about. And representing our country on the biggest stage that you can be on. America will be great again. I believe that. We got a lot of work to do, but it's one step at a time. And I'm glad we represented it in the fashion that we did. That's Carmelo Anthony after winning his third gold medal. Ben Lyons filling in for Rich on the Rich Eisen Show. You hear the emotion in one of the most decorated basketball players of all time. You hear the, the, the frustration with the state of our country. And this is five years ago. This is several weeks after he stepped on that ESPY stage with LeBron James and, and D Wade and Chris Paul to address police violence and, and, and social injustice and young black men dying at the hands of police officers. And you hear the emotion and you hear just the, the, the size of the moment just take hold of him. And it's a reminder to any of the the players who are questioning if they want to make the commitment to USA basketball or what's in it for them. It's bigger than the, than them. It really is. And, and Trey young, you know, jokingly tweeted uh, the famous Isaiah quote when, when Isaiah was asked in the last dance about why he wasn't a part of the 92 dream team. This is what Trey young tweeted. Oh, we got it, Art? No. Well, listen, with your Carmelo Anthony and you are emotional about playing for Team USA and you have a top 10 scorer, you've won a national title, you've played in playoff games, you've been a big guy, that's amazing. It shows just the dedication and how, how emotional it is for these guys to be a part of it. I mean, even Isaiah, all these years later, and I think uh, Raiders board op Art was looking up uh, you know, John Gruden uh, selfies or something and wasn't able to pull up the sound. But I think we got it now, Art. Yeah, we got it. This is Isaiah Thomas when he talks years later about not making Team USA. I don't know what went into that process. I met the criteria to be selected, but I wasn't. You can tell Isaiah's upset all these years later, as well he should be. Every kid who picks up a ball, a bat, puts on a pair of skates, dreams of being an Olympian. At some point in your life, you thought, wow, I wonder what it's like to 
to put a gold medal around my chest. I was recently out on a golf course playing down in Rams Hill here in Southern California, and a guy in our group was a uh, bronze medalist in snowboarding back at Sochi. And about 13th or 14th hole, when you start to hit the wall on the golf course, it's getting hot, and you're a couple over par, and you just don't like where your round's going. You need that inspiration. This dude pulled out a bronze medal from his bag, and we put it around our necks, and it gave us life. It gave us energy. I birdied 18. I swear to God, I, I, I birdied 18, and I'm convinced – that it was because I touched a bronze medal. And a, an Olympic medal is the, is the realization of true greatness. You can hold greatness in your hand. It's a powerful feeling. Like Thanos filling the stones for the infinity glove. You, you, can, you have that strength. So to hear Mello break down in that moment, to hear Isaiah Thomas bitter all these years later, it's a reminder that this is a big deal. I don't know what went into that process. I met the criteria to be selected, but I wasn't. I'm very curious who Team USA selects now that Kevin Love is out, Bradley Beal is out. It's a tremendous opportunity for the team, for the player, for our country, and for the game of basketball. All right, we're going to check in with a huge basketball fan. He wears the white linen down in Miami when the Heat have it going. George Sedano from ESPN will check in. After the break, we've got a big show today. NBA Finals Game 5 tomorrow. Steve Novak's out in Milwaukee calling the games for the Bucks. He's going to check in in Hour 2. It's Ben Lyons showing a lot of love for Rich today on the Rich Eisen Show. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks which companies are a force for good. Companies like Bank of America, which just earned the Just Capital seal. Bank of America is ranked number one for ongoing commitment to their workers with initiatives like Sharing Success, which awarded 97% of their teammates additional compensation, nearly all in stock. This is the program's seventh consecutive year, awarding more than $4.8 billion in total. Visit JustCapital.com to learn how a just business is a better business. Furnished by Just Capital. Welcome back to the Rich Eisen Show. Ben Lyons filling in for Rich on a Friday. We appreciate you taking part of your day to spend it with us. August 1st is the new July 1st. NBA rumors are going crazy. The timeline's ridiculous. Nurkic is tweeting at reporters. Clown emojis. It's happening. NBA craziness. The summer, it's going on. Even though the schedule's crazy and we've got NBA Finals games in July. It's all a mess. Team USA, guys are dropping out. We got lots to get into in the world of basketball, so we figured we'd call our friend who wears white linen at the Heat games, George Sedano. Do you have a white linen turtleneck? How do you combine, George, working for ESPN, the turtleneck with the linen and the Miami Heat thing? You know, Ben, it's good to hear your voice. Um, I don't believe there's such a thing as a linen, linen turtleneck, but you know what? If there's a business opportunity somewhere, I think I'm ready for it. Russell Westbrook, uh, NBA's favorite fashionista, says, why not? 
Why not have George Sedano pave the way with the linen turtleneck? Best of both worlds. Uh, NBA hot stove. It's the best. What's going on today with Damian Lillard? Man, listen, I just think that this situation with Lillard is going to come down to this, okay? He's going to need to basically say, and maybe this doesn't come out, you know, this way, but he's going to need to basically say, I want to go to X, Y, and Z, okay? And if he doesn't say that, then I think that the chances of him going to a contender diminish some because, granted, there are plenty of contenders who have, the ideal assets to make that happen, it just gives him a, a wider scope to be able to choose from. Uh, because the, the teams that have been in the mix for now several years, chances are the reason they're there is because they've already made gigantic deals that have put them in position to not have the assets necessary. So it's really going to be a matter of what he does from here. George Sedano joins the show. You can hear him on ESPN LA Radio every day, afternoon drive here in Los Angeles, but of course on ESPN covering the NBA and all things sports. And it's uh, it, it, I saw a tweet, George, from from Mark Stein saying that after practice today uh, at USA Basketball practice in Las Vegas, Damian Lillard plans to address the Henry Abbott story in True Hoop that. There, in fact, are the, the, the options for Dame outside of Portland and that he wants to leave. Um, so he is going to address it today. Uh, do you think he flat out comes out and says, I want out? I don't, Ben. I don't see that. I, I Look, I think Dame wants to stay in Portland. I think, though, he is making it very clear that they are far away, that they are not as close as people thought they were or as close as maybe they, they, they looked a couple of years ago when they were in the conference finals. I think circumstances may have dictated that. Now, granted, there have been a lot of injuries in Portland, uh, untimely injuries, whether it's C.J. McCollum, Nurkic, uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Even Dame, right, against the Lakers uh, last season got dinged up. So a lot of things have happened that haven't helped them. But I just think at the core, if you look at that roster, it's just not a championship roster. And Neil O'Shea, you know, is good at his job, but he hasn't necessarily put this team where they need to be if they want to compete for a championship. When you get to this stage of your career and you're Damian Lillard and you start looking around and you're saying to yourself, my contemporaries are either guys who are champions or guys who are competing for championships. I want to be there. It, you know, that stuff starts to weigh on you. But, but that and loyalty, it becomes this pendulum that swings back and forth. I don't know Dame personally to know that, but I just know having dealt with a lot of these superstars who have been in those positions, that's generally the case. George Sedano joins the show, ESPN. Ben Lyons uh, filling in for Rich on the Rich Eisen Show. George, you covered the gotcha finals 10 years ago. That's what I affectionately refer to as the Miami Heat's uh, 2011 loss to the Dallas Mavericks in the NBA Finals. It was the gotcha finals because it was the first time collectively basketball culture, the basketball community at large, saw someone lose in the NBA Finals and you felt the vitriol. Ha <laughs> ha, gotcha. Dame Lillard is beloved by the NBA community, basketball fans around the world. Is there a scenario where Dame changes teams and becomes the villain like LeBron did in 2011? I don't see anyone becoming the villain like LeBron did in 2010 and 2011. Uh, look, Ben, I, I was front and center for that, and 
everywhere that team went, it was like the other team's game seven. I'll give you the perfect example. Game one of the season, the Boston Celtics, the champion Boston Celtics, a team that had been a champion a couple of years prior to that. I walked into the Boston locker room that day, and when the media session opened, and all I saw walking back and forth, pacing the locker room, was one Kevin Garnett literally banging on his forehead, like hitting himself and saying, bleep the heat, bleep the heat, bleep the heat, okay? Like, these are champions who are doing that, okay? Let alone everywhere else they went, everyone was serenading them with booze and all sorts of expletives. And honestly, stuff that I'm really uncomfortable even thinking about, let alone talking about to this day, obviously that first, that first game in Cleveland was the epitome of it. But I remember having this conversation with Chris Bosh years later, and I said, you know, was there even any place that first year that didn't have that kind of cascade of booze and vitriol? And he said, no, man, not any place. Not even – and I asked him, well, did any place surprise you? He's like, yeah, even like Memphis and Utah. He's like, we were never going there. He's like, I can understand – the Knicks fans or the Bulls fans or obviously the Cavs and the Raptors fans being upset. But we weren't going to Memphis. We weren't going to Utah. Why were we getting all sorts of grief from them? So no matter what happens to Dame, will there be people then who will say, yeah, oh, he's taking the easy route? There'll be a a few of those idiots. And they are idiots. Because at the end of the day, unlike any other sport, we judge basketball differently. I love Charles Barkley. I love Patrick Ewing. I love those guys. But there's a reason it always gets brought up that they don't have a ring. Now, I don't think that lowers their value to the sport by any stretch of the imagination, but there are idiots that believe that. But because of that, this is now put these guys in a situation where they feel like they need the ring for validation. So I'm not saying that's what Dame is necessarily thinking, but it has to have at least crossed his mind. George Sedano joins us. Ben Lyons filling in for Rich on the Rich Eisen Show. Two people on the radio right now. Which one do you think flew across the country to see the big three in my uh, in, in Madison Square Garden for the first time and boo them from the upper deck spending $400 to tickets? Of the two of us, which one do you think did that? Well, hmm, I, I, I was wonder. there and did not and was credentialed, so clearly <laughs> it was you. I get it, man. I get it. It was a crazy time 10 years ago when he switched teams, and the vitriol was real, and there was... Uh, frustration from fan bases. I remember Rachel Nichols standing outside Madison Square Garden interviewing fans with Vuvuzelas the night of the decision, and I genuinely thought he was coming to New York. Um, but I don't. I agree with you. I don't see the the basketball world turning on Dame, even the way they had to Anthony Davis or Kevin Durant when he announced that he was leaving. Uh, caught that. It seems like when guys are unhappy in their situation and they want a, a, a better situation, fans don't support them in that process, which is kind of ridiculous. If there is a dentist who's like, you know what, I'm not really doing well cleaning teeth at this office. I want to go to a different uh, medical group. People wouldn't stand outside and throw things at them. So, uh, Oh, listen, 100%. And the, the thing that drives me nuts the most is the media who does it You know, to these guys. Um, you know, going back to those LeBron days specifically because that thing – was vitriolic, okay? Just, not just from fans, but even the media, the positions they took. They destroyed the lot. Knicks that night, George, by the way. The Heat came into oh, the garden and they just, like, yeah. put on a of show. Of course he did. Of course he did. <laughs> but I was more disappointed in the media sure. because, to your point, Ben, there's not a media member in the world 
that if they're offered a better opportunity at a better newspaper at that time or a better TV outlet or a better platform, that wouldn't take that opportunity. So that, to me, was the surprising part. Fans are going to be fans. Fan is short for fanatic for a reason. But for the media members to do it to LeBron and to KD and everyone, et cetera, et cetera, down the line, I just thought it was ridiculous. But nothing, nothing, okay, will ever compare to what LeBron went through. No disrespect to Kevin Durant. Um, he dealt with some stuff. There's no question. But the stuff LeBron dealt with is unlike anything I think we will ever see ever again. George Sedano joins the show. ESPN covers the NBA and all sports for the worldwide leader. Ben Lyons filling in for Rich on the Rich Eisen Show. Woj dropped a bomb today. Kevin Love not going to be a part of Team USA out in the Olympics in Japan, which I, I was bummed because I, I love the addition of Kevin Love. I feel like I was in the minority on that, but I, I thought he was a great pickup for Team USA if he were healthy, and it turns out he's not. He said in a statement through his agent that he just isn't in a place where he can compete on the Olympic stage. A uh, lot of roster possibilities, a lot of names getting thrown out there. Bradley Beal not going to Tokyo as well. What do you think Team USA does with these two roster spots, George? Well, they definitely need size, and they definitely need playmaking. I mean, now they'll need some shooting without Bradley Beal, although obviously with Dame and Kevin Durant, a couple of the guys there, they're fine with that. You know, Duncan Robinson's name has been thrown out there. Uh, I know that Tobias Harris's name has been thrown out there. I, I don't know what they're going to do from a size perspective. I saw Trey Young's tweet yesterday. I don't know why he's not involved if he's willing to go. I, I think that that solves potentially some of the playmaking issues. The size part, I don't know what they're going to do because now they're left basically with Bam Adebayo as the only true center on this roster. I know Love isn't a true center either, neither is Draymond, but at least they play the position in today's day and age. So they're going to have to figure out what they're going to do with the big man position and the playmaking position. I do think that this – throws another wrench into their biggest problem, which has been continuity. You look at Australia, Ben, and guys like Chris Goulding and Patty Mills have been playing for 15 years together since the under-19 days with Team Australia. And, and all these other teams that also have NBA players got an earlier start to their camps than the NBA guys did with Team USA. So it's going to be a real challenge for Greg Popovich and company to figure this stuff out. When the country needs a hero, George... There is only one man to turn to. Our board operator, Art, knows exactly who that man is. There is only one man to call upon when the country needs a hero. Who is that man, Art? At forward, at 6'8 from Syracuse, number 7, Carmelo. The most decorated men's basketball player in Olympic history. Give Mello the call, George. Can we see Olympic Mello one more time? I'm surprised you didn't go with Julius Randle as a big man that, you know, they could use him. No, we need him to be rested so he can go on a playoff run again next year. But Carmelo, the country, needs a hero. <laughs> uh, listen, I would ha I'd add both. Um, you know, I would add Julius Randle and consider Carmelo Anthony as well. I I'm, I'm not disputing any of that. So, um, but... You know, apparently, according to reports, and I don't know this because I'm not involved with Team USA this year, uh, so I'm not covering that that ne that necessarily, at least not closely. Uh, reports were that they felt Melo would be a distraction. I don't understand that position, but apparently that's the position they've taken. Why? Because he can't get great wine in Japan? Of course he can. What are you talking about? He'll be fine. He'll have bottles shipped over of that chosen family, that Kevin Love wine. He'll be fine. 
Well, and and I you know I don't know if he's a whiskey guy, but good lord, there's some great whiskey there for sure. <laughs> um, I joke about Melo, but you know he's my favorite player of all time, and he gets so much slander and so much hate. Any chance I get to obviously show him some love, I'm going to take it. I know you're you're you've transitioned from fan to respected journalist, and you do a great job of keeping your own fandom aside. Some of us struggle with that. Who are the who are the athletes for you that y- you struggle with keeping that journalist hat on, and you just resort to being a fan when you watch them compete? Compete right now, like actively? Yeah. Is there anybody out there that you know? Forget your own, you know, journalistic integrity. You just love to see them out there do their thing, and you're rooting for them openly. Oh my God! Uh, Chris, I mean, right now, Chris Paul. I don't think there's any question. I, I mean, I, I tweeted that out <laughs> that he was a guy that I'm openly rooting for, and I've said it on multiple platforms that I want him to win a championship. You know, year 16, he, he's had so much bad luck. I think he's one of the top five or six point guards in NBA history. The only thing he was missing from his resume, well, previous to the finals appearance, was best player to not play in the finals. And it's really not close between him and number two in that regard, which I thought was George Gervin. And now it's maybe, you know, in the discussion of best player to not win a championship at this point, him and Barkley and Patrick and, and, and Malone and Stockton and those type of guys. So I'm rooting for him. I want him to get that off his back. I want him to win. And I know that sounds, you know, taboo because I'm a journalist, but I'm not there covering the NBA Finals. So I I am a basketball fan at heart, and I can separate. I can compartmentalize the art from the artist, right? And I say to myself, I want that guy to win because I also think it's the best story, which now that I think about it also does play into what I do for a living. So it is still selfish on, on my part. So nonetheless, it still revolves around me, unfortunately, even though I do want it to be about Chris. No, I'm right there with you, man. I'm rooting for Chris, and I also have my heart tied to another Phoenix Suns point guard, Langston Galloway. I would love to see LJ, LG Kicks get a, a, an NBA championship. My God, you really do love every Nick player. Good Lord. Hey, I mean, look, I'm covered in this series because Bobby Portis wants a Nick, always a Nick, could go home with a ring as well. So the Knicks. Oh, no, that's right. Bobby Portis was one of the 17 power forwards they signed a couple <laughs> off seasons ago. Uh, George, you know, when you and I started our careers, there was no TikTok, there was no live streaming, there was no Twitter. Which you know, podcast things were a lot different. If you were just coming out of college now and looking to start your career in the world of sports, how do you think you'd approach it differently? And what things from your own journey would you take and say are still applicable today? Okay, I'll start with the former and get to the latter in a second. I tell young people all the time, you have something at your disposal that I never had. Digital, right? The ability to create and start your own podcast to start your own YouTube channel, get real reps where for me, it was like, I had to wait for the guy in front of me. Uh, You know, I started in this business literally as a board op for four months. The guy who was the update guy got fired and they threw me on the air. And then it's, you know, took off, it took off after that. But those are the type of things that had to happen for me to get opportunities. People had to move. uh, A guy had to get fired, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Whereas young people now can fire up their computer and go at it and create really good content. And they can be their own worst critics as well. They can look at their stuff or listen to their stuff each and every day and say, okay, this was good, this wasn't good, and kind of tinker with stuff and, and try to create content that way. Get the reps. That way, if they do want to, because you may not need to, to be honest, moving forward, uh, get on a quote-unquote larger platform, they've got 
some real world experience, something they can apply to what they're doing uh, at the next level in theory. And what still is, is, is something that's pertinent? I just think relationships, this business is about relationships and knowing that everybody you see on the way up are the same people you're going to see on the way down. So the guy who is the intern or the board op or the PA on television, treat them all nice because when you get to the top, wherever the top is for you, and eventually we all come down, you're going to see those people. And one of those people may be your boss. Do you know how many people I've, that, that have worked for me as producers over the years are now running stuff? <laughs> I mean, a decent amount. So the fact is that is create real personal relationships. Be okay with being uncomfortable when asking for feedback and someone telling you, um, being honest with you and telling you something's good or something stinks. And the other part is that be nice to everybody, man, because you never know who your boss is going to be. Wise words from George Sedano. I appreciate our relationship being able to put up the bat signal bright and early on a Friday morning. Talk some hoops, talk some life with you. Thanks for taking some time, man. And I hope you find that linen turtleneck. I will search for it uh, far and wide. I'm sure I'll have to fly to Miami perhaps to make something like that happen. Uh, you know, I've always got you. I've been up early today. I've been up since 630. I did a National Association of Hispanic Journalists panel this morning for 90 minutes. So I'm wired and ready to go, bro. And by the way, uh, I don't know Rich personally, but I always have respected his work. I saw the post he put out there. I hope he gets healthy real soon. Absolutely, man. He is the greatest. Thank you so much, George, for taking some time and enjoy the NBA Finals. All right, brother. Have a great show. Take care. George Sedano joins the show, and, and he's right. We're sending love to Rich today, who who announced on his social media that he has contracted COVID-19, but he's feeling okay. He's getting stronger. He's getting right. He's going to be back in a few weeks, and, and we look forward to having him, of course, as always. Sending love to Rich Eisen on a Friday. It's Ben filling in for Rich. This is the Rich Eisen Show. What companies would you want to work for? Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks which companies are a force for good. Companies like Bank of America, which just earned the prestigious Just Capital 2024 seal. Bank of America is ranked number one in the banking industry and number one for their ongoing commitment to workers, offering best-in-class benefits, including a minimum wage of $25 an hour by 2025. Visit JustCapital.com to learn how a just business is a better business. Furnished by Just Capital. Named one of the best personal finance podcasts, The Stacking Benjamin Show with Joe and his friends makes financial literacy fun. I got an email today from the LenPenzo.com HR department. I find oh. it really interesting. <laughs> I'm an employee of one at this company, so but somebody from the HR department sent me an email telling me that I had a raise. If I just opened the attachment, I could see how much my raise was. Make sure you click on the links that are in there, too. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, I can't wait. This is I'm excited. Find out more by searching the Stacking Benjamins podcast wherever you listen. The show rolls on. Ben Lyons filling in for Rich. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Game five of the NBA Finals, Saturday night. Growing up, I remember NBA Finals games traditionally were on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Sundays. If memory serves, and I hope the... Twitter trolls will fact check me on this, but I believe that game six in 92 was a Sunday game three, uh, game six in 93 was a Sunday. I think the John Starks two for 18 game seven was a Thursday game one in 99 was a Sunday. I don't know, but I don't remember games on Saturday night. I don't remember games 
uh, game five being on a Saturday night. Not since to the uh, 2016, I believe, Warriors and Cavs finals did we start to see games on Saturday nights. I'm joined here, of course, in the Rich Eisen studios by Raiders fan board op art. We could not get a nickname this week that rolled off the <laughs> tongue. Right. But what's happening, man? I, I got a question for you about the NBA finals. Now, growing up, it's it was always two three two. Is is it still two three two? I haven't been really keeping no it, no. Uh, it's two two one 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 or whatever. It's wow, two, yeah, okay. they go back and forth because the two three two format, uh, you know, was almost like a home court advantage for the team that didn't have home court advantage. Yeah, all you had to do was steal one of the first two games, and then and then you got home court advantage. Yeah, so they got rid of that, and the two one 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 whatever. I think we're gonna see it play out. I think we're gonna go seven. I had originally predicted Suns in five. That's not happening. Uh, I think if Milwaukee obviously can win game five, then it's a wrap. But can Milwaukee win on the road? They have to win a game in Phoenix. Uh, so that that that's the series. Uh, but not the only thing happening in the world of the NBA, not the only story in the world of basketball today. Damian Lillard apparently wants out of Portland. This has been rumored for a long time. Chris Haynes from Turner Sports and Yahoo Sports did a sit down with him, and he talked about the, the rumors that were out there. Apparently, Mark Stein just tweeted this, he's going to address the rumors after USA Basketball's practice today in Las Vegas. And when you hear about Dame wanting out of Portland – you think from the Portland Trailblazers perspective, well, if our star player wants out, we don't want a disgruntled, a disgruntled star. That's, that's cancerous for an NBA locker room, for a team. Look at that last year in New Orleans for Anthony Davis. It just didn't end well for anybody. It's a wasted season. So can you get value for Dame now? Of course you can if you're Portland. Well, how do you define value? Portland's a small market. They're the only professional sports team of a certain size in town. No NFL football, no Major League Baseball. The MLS does very well. No NHL in Portland. Fans love the Blazers. The Blazers have had a, a great relationship with that community for many years now. Going way back to, you know, Bill Walton winning championships in the 70s. Clyde and the late Terry Porter and, and, and Jerome Kersey and those guys, the late Jerome Kersey. Those teams that went to the finals against the Pistons and the Bulls. And then you had Scottie Pippen's team almost knock off Shaq and Kobe. You had Brandon Roy's horrific injuries. LaMarcus Aldridge had a great career up in Portland. Gets a lot of love when he goes back up there. So Portland's got a great relationship with their, with their fans. A few down years I don't think will lose that connection. Trading a star player might, but if Dame really comes out and the organization can put this on Dame, then they get a pass with the fans. But what do you want back if you're Portland? Do you want back a proven all-star? Are you trying to win now? Are you keeping C.J. McCollum? Nurkic is a free agent. Melo's a free agent. You're going to have some roster turnover there. But Damian Lillard, one of the top five players in the game right now, let's be honest. When you see Logo Lillard go crazy... He's unstoppable. And he's had to deal with so much in Portland. He's taken them as far as he can. He's taken them to a Western Conference Finals. He won a game seven on the road in Denver. He sent Paul George and the Thunder packing with a series-ending shot. He sent the Rockets home packing over Chandler Parsons with a series-ending shot. It's Dame time, Dame dollar. He's in Space Jam that comes out today. He's got a song on the soundtrack. 
He is at the height of his powers. So if he wants out, what do you do if you're Portland? Well, here's what's in play. Philadelphia, Ben Simmons, damaged goods. Ben Simmons, Matisse Thybul, Tyrese Maxey, and picks. You get a proven all-star. You get young pieces. A Ben Simmons, C.J. McCollum, Thibault, Maxey, a couple other parts. That, that's a team in Portland that's maybe competing for an eight spot out west, which keeps the fan base engaged throughout the season. Now you have the play-in scenario. Maybe Portland's okay with just being in the middle, which for most NBA franchises is the worst place you want to be in. The idea of always being in the playoff run, always being a first-round exit. It's this rinse, wash, repeat cycle that can have you going nowhere. It's like spinning around a, 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 a revolving door in, an, in a department store. You just end up staying in the same place and going in circles. You can't get inside and buy the merchandise. You can't leave with your new clothes and look great. You're just stuck in the revolving door. And that's sort of where the Portland Trailblazers are. Or, or do they go and trade Damian Lillard to his hometown Golden State Warriors? Take Wiseman, Wiggins, some picks. The Warriors have two lottery picks this year. It would hurt to see Damian Lillard four times a year. It would hurt to see him in his in his hometown doing his thing with Steph and Clay. Can you imagine the Splash Brothers, this Splash family? My goodness. Or do you look to my New York Knicks, who will have to include R.J. Barrett in a package for Damian Lillard? I don't want to see them do that. I think R.J. Barrett's a Hall of Famer. He was born the day I graduated high school. It's destiny. I affectionately refer to him as Natalie Portman in The Professional. He's a child prodigy. You see her on screen. You go, that woman's a star. You see R.J. Barrett. He's a star. I don't want them to put R.J. in the package, but there's no way the Knicks are in play for Lillard without R.J. Barrett. I think there's one trade out there, though, that makes perfect sense for Portland and for the team that's receiving Damian Lillard because Damian Lillard doesn't want to go to a team and completely gut it and then be on a lottery team in his new situation. He wants to compete for a title. Look at the New Orleans Pelicans. They need to do something to show Zion that they're for real. Otherwise, Zion's going to be the first rookie to turn down the extension and and go off and and play somewhere else because he can make enough money off the court to balance that out. You get Brandon Ingram, a proven all-star. You get Josh Hart. You get some picks. Now, all of a sudden, I'm Portland. I've got Brandon Ingram. I've got picks. I've got CJ. I'm in the mix in the Western Conference. And Zion gets to run with Dame Lillard. Woo! Don't sleep on the New Orleans Pelicans as a possible landing destination for Damian Lillard. Crazy news coming out of Vegas. We'll keep tabs on that. We've got Steve Novak. Milwaukee's own calls the games for the Bucks radio network. He's going to break down game five of the NBA finals, plus Riley Welch from the University of Kentucky men's basketball team. And then Madeline Burke, who covers the New York Giants, works for Sports Illustrated. We'll talk some football at the end of the show. It's a big show today on a Friday, and we appreciate so much you spending part of your Friday here with us. It's Ben Lyons filling in for Rich, sending a lot of love to Rich. Good energy always. Go blue. Ben Lyons here. The Rich Eisen Show. Steve Novak next.